Now betting for the sports animal. Your afternoon drive. Number two, men on. Van Nunley and Fred Slow. And in the on deck circle, Amory Castillo. This is Two Men On with Van Nunley and Fred Slow. What it is, Duke City. How was your championship weekend? Mine crushed. Yeah, any bets? Couple exit. Yeah, I did. You know I did. Of course. Young Jake Cassio in the house. One Van Nunley right here. A. Marie Castillo on the other side of the glass on the ones and twos. Pushing the buttons, taking your calls. Just basically NFL all day. We're just talking NFL all day. Recapping championship weekend, hitting a lot of sports adjacent storylines. But before we dive into the NFL, young Jake Cassio, Elmo wants to know how you're doing. I, uh, according to uh, Twitter, everybody has hit their limit. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Uh, The story of the day, Amory Castillo, I don't know if you saw this, is uh, Elmo in his first tweet in quite some time. Uh, about nine months ago, Elmo apologized that he doesn't have his blue check mark anymore. Apparently, Sesame Street isn't getting enough funding from PBS or viewers like you. And uh, he apologized that his blue check mark was gone. After a long hiatus, Elmo tweeted today. I'm not saying X'd. Elmo tweeted today. Elmo is just checking in. How is everyone doing? And here's the problem. When you ask somebody how they're doing, especially on Twitter, <laughs> especially on the Internet, where you don't got to check receipts, sometimes people are honest how they're doing. Way too honest. It was uh, it was too funny how scarily real these replies were. Like, yeah. I want to reply to it now. If you see an acquaintance at Arby's and you say, hey, buddy, how you doing? Good, man. How are you? You don't say, hey, buddy, how you doing? Oh, buddy, let me tell you. Oh, man, I got these kidney stones. I'm scared. I'm about to lose my job. My dude, my boss is mad at me. My wife, I mean, she just won't put the bonbons down. She's driving me crazy. She loses weight, and then she gets depressed. And when she gets depressed, she eats. It's a vicious cycle. I can't handle this anymore. My idiot kid, he's failing math, not even the hard math. Regular basic math. My truck in the shop. I'm taking the bus around to work. My friends are making fun of me because I don't have my truck anymore. Just say good, buddy. How are you? Yeah, that's just all say you... good, buddy. How and, are you? And that in American culture, you only say good even yeah. if you are at even. your wall. Look, we're all struggling. Life is hard. Lie to Elmo. Yes, just tell Elmo I'm great. Elmo, how are you? But you know. If Elmo doesn't have a blue check mark, I don't think anybody should. For sure. Elmo the God? Elmo the legend? He's been running these Sesame Streets for, what, 30 years now? Yes. He's the godfather of these streets. Have some respect for Elmo. Big Bird, go check in on Elmo. Don't. Yes, please do. Because I don't know how he can handle all this heat going on right now. <laughs> Elmo is real sad for people. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
That was a little too good. Elmo has depression now. <laughs> Dude, Elmo does not like Twitter. America. Twitter. Take it easy on Elmo, y'all. This is okay if, like, you know, somebody like LeBron James tweets it. Yes. And you can be brutally honest For with sure. Him. But Elmo? Yeah. We just need it. I think now it just means we need to get more of the Sesame Street viewers on Twitter. So they yeah, can. To, to fire back? Yeah, get the flowers glowing, you know, Take make it a happy place. Easy on Elmo, y'all. Yeah, and out of all social medias, Twitter is by far the darkest. Maury Povich didn't ask you. Dr. Drew didn't ask you. Friggin' Sanjay Gupta <laughs> didn't ask you. Elmo did. Be nice to Elmo. Americans, good lord! It's crazy. He's trending so far hard right now. It's the it's the biggest thing on the planet all day today. It is wild, people. <laughs> hey, Elmo, gonna be honest. I'm at my bleeping limit. That hey. came from a Lions fan. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh my god, so much football to recap. But look, it doesn't take the count. He's. A 2.2,000 tweets today. That guy who tweeted the, the most viral one about hitting his limit yeah. is definitely from Oscar the Grouch. <laughs> oh, shit. It is, that's Oscar the Grouch's throwaway yeah, account? It was Burner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where's Kevin Durant at? I know, right? Kevin Durant, who tweeted for you today? Uh, Katie's just gotten so bold now, he doesn't even need to use his Burner. And now he's gotten to the point where he just replies to his old tweets because he's just run out of things to talk about. People aren't even going to like, people don't even say emo anymore. People aren't going to say, I'm in my feelings today. They're like, oh man, I got a case of the Elmos today. I'll tell you what, it's hard out here in them streets. Ask Elmo. If Elmo can't put a smile on his face, who can? <laughs> poor, poor Elmo. He's so sweet and loving. Don't, don't tell Elmo that you think you might have colon cancer. Elmo doesn't want to hear that. Don't tell Elmo your wife is really unhappy and threatening to leave <laughs> with the with the children yes. to take the house. And don't, you get left with the dog. Don't tell Elmo your wife slept with the pool guy. Don't tell Elmo that. Elmo doesn't need those feelings. Maybe the gardener, but not the pool boy. Don't tell him about either. Ugh. I think it's the perfect state of how Americans think, though, with how they reply off Elmo tweets. I'm going to have to go do a deep dive <laughs> on all the replies to all of Elmo's tweets now and see the status of how the country's changed over the years. Oh, man, I just don't get it. How could you how could you do that to people? That was sad. <laughs> the I great think... the great red one. Is learning a lot about people today. That we know for sure the next episode of Sesame Street is going to be all about, like, checking on your friends. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, checking on your friends, but not on Twitter. Yeah. Don't check in on your friends on Twitter because uh, they're either going to just say the most awful things that they could think of or the worst part, hear me out, they will be brutally honest with you. Today on Sesame Street, we're going to teach you how to actually uh, engage with people on a normal basis. When they ask you, how are you? You say, I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm good. Why Elmo cut himself today? <laughs> <laughs> Elmo. Elmo. Easy, buddy. Easy. Don't You don't have to osmosis style suck up all the problems 
of the world because people are having a bad day on Twitter and you gave them the outlet to be their personal therapist for a day. This is straight wild what's going on. Somebody said, Elmo, we cannot afford to buy a home right now. Okay. 505-246-0610. You got a hot take. We'll put you on. Uh, not a not a great day for Lions fan. Terrible day. The highs and the lows, baby. We got a we got a Lions fan, Corey, on with us right now. Uh, pretend that you're not talking to Elmo right now. Corey, what's happening? How are you feeling? How you doing, guys? Uh, I have been better. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I'm right there with you, man. Oh, yeah. No, not a not a good night. Um, but you know what? I'm I'm trying to see the forest of the trees at the same time and say, hey, at the beginning of the year, if you if would you take it if you lost by three in the NFC championship game? I would say yes, I would. Every single time, but what a gut gut wrenching wrenching way to to for that outcome to happen is the. I mean, I'm just devastated. We're obviously going to talk about this more throughout the program, but to put a little salt in your wounds, teams that were Please up, do. teams that were up 17 points <laughs> at halftime until yesterday were 21 and 0 in the NFC Championship game. That's the first time a team. The do. This we is... set records. We set horrible, horrible records that nobody else would want, <laughs> and uh, that's what we do in the league. So you're welcome. That's that's what we're doing. The way the game played out is it stings a little extra. If you guys were going back and forth all game, and Brock Purdy had like a game-winning drive, or Christian McCaffrey had some miracle play at the end, you'd be like, "Man, what a game! We're just lucky to be here." But you guys were dominating. The first half. I know. What, it was 21-0 in the first. 21-0, then 24-7. <laughs> it's, whew, ooh, buddy. Corey, but, I mean, you, yeah, you right. said it. Corey, you said it yourself. At the beginning of the year, if somebody told you Dan Campbell and Jared Goff and the rest of the ragtag bunch of Detroit Lions would be in the NFC Championship game, you'd have been, oh, sign me up. Yeah. Definitely. And, and you're right. The, the way that it all played out, like I, they, the, the Niners couldn't stop the lines. They, they just could, we were running for nine yards of carry. Every single throw was going right to them. Uh, it just, it, it was, um, I, I think I read the phrase this morning, just, just eight minutes of buffoonery where everything that could go wrong for eight minutes went entirely wrong and then it turned into all right new game at the start of the fourth good luck the 49ers are awesome good luck and it was that it was that eight minutes where we blew it on the fourth down that we fumbled and then we blew it on a third down that uh, just it sunk the whole game just one two three that was it right there full swing of momentum tie game see ya end of the season I'm a, I'm a big C.J. Garner-Johnson guy, Corey. Like, I love the swag. I love the smack talk. I love starting new rivalries with, with players on the other side of the ball. But when you're up in the first half with so much time left against a fantastic 49ers team, waving at the crowd and telling them it's okay to leave now, that might have been too much. That might have been the chalkboard material that the Niners needed. Are you still pro C.J. Garner-Johnson? All right, here's 
the thing with that, it's a little extra for me. I'm, I'm more of a, I, I grew up with Calvin Johnson. I like more of that sort of uh, demeanor. The Barry Sanders, like, hey, this is my job. We're professionals. Uh-huh. I get you need some smack talkers on your team. So I don't, I don't think anything less than them. the thing that I hate him the most for is how bad at tackling he was mm. all of last night. He was going after Debo Samuel, hitting him in the knees, couldn't bring him down. He was late, coming over on runs. It's like, you wave to the crowd as much as you want. You better play well, you know? Absolutely. Uh, so I got to ask you this, Corey. Do you think Dan Campbell is ever going to go for it on fourth down again? Of course he is. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. Is, what you, I'm sorry. Who are we talking about over here? That's that actually that that has been the thing that's been irritating me the most today. Is everyone saying, "Oh, he he should have he should have taken the points. He he never kicked a field goal, and this was this was the huge mistake. This is the reason they lost the game." Here's here's what every Lions fan knows. Our kicker is below 50% for his career yep. on kicks over 45 yards. Yep. Those were not take the points. Those were those kicks were going to miss sure. at a 60% rate, and we were going to be able to convert on fourth at at least a 50% rate. Not to mention the first play was great. It just went off the dude's hands. And, uh, like, what do you uh, – we're going to blame Dan Campbell for that? We're going we're gonna to say it's, it's Campbell's fault that – our wide receiver that we pay millions of dollars to can't yeah. catch with his hands. Like, I don't know. I, I, the, the blame on candle, I think is on Campbell. I think is just the easy thing to do. It's like the Ravens fans complaining about the refs, even though the chiefs had a touchdown literally taken away from them by the refs. That's not stop. It's the easy thing to do. It's lazy. I'm, I'm tired of it. Dan Campbell needs no blame but no extra blame, I should say, for this loss because it wasn't on him. It was I on Samir Gibbs, it, it was on Josh Reynolds, and it was on the defense for not being able to get any sort of a stop throughout the entire second half. Corey, do you drink more in a win or do you drink more in a loss? <laughs> oh, man. I think it's more in a win. My drinking was a lot heavier in the first half. And uh, <laughs> I don't know if I slowed down because it was getting late or if I just. I was just staring at the TV in shock and leaving my drink alone on the on the coffee table in front of me. But uh, uh, today, no, no drinking. We're we're feeling it today. Corey, thanks for the call. Appreciate you. Thanks for being a friend of the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on. All right. Distraught, uh, distraught Lions fan. Good buddy, fan. Of mine. good buddy. He- he sounds like he's doing okay. Yeah. All things being equal. He's um, handling his loss a lot better than I handled the Bills loss sure. for sure. Corey's a great guy. Uh, he uh, frequents my show, but he wanted to like, he's like, are you on the radio today? I need the vent. <laughs> he did. He did a good job. Also, thanks for not, uh, no expletives. No, we appreciate I, I, that. I always warn people. Before yeah. They thank come you. On thank you for radio. that. He went to the playoff game though against the, uh, against Tampa Bay though. Oh, that's oh awesome. so he saw yeah. a dub. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that was the first um, he he spent his savings to go and then uh he told his girlfriend yesterday that she can't watch the game with him. Oh. <laughs> and now it's probably better that she didn't. Okay. Yeah, I don't want any uh romantic partners around me when I watch football either. It's a little too much. There were uh, some hidden cameras in the Niners locker room and then after the press conference Dan Campbell was changing into his street clothes and uh, come to find out, Dan Campbell is actually just two Brandon Staley's in a trench coat. 
More NFL talk when we get back. You're listening to Two Men On, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back, Duke City. Two Men On, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Check in on your friends and loved ones, especially if they're Lions or Ravens fans, or Elmo. Praying for Elmo right now. My goodness. I think I'm praying harder for Elmo than Lions and Ravens fans. Oh, yeah. They're, they, you got to be mostly happy with the season. Yeah. I'm not very happy with the Ravens, but we'll get into that later. Lions fans, obviously, you know, you heard from friend of the show, Corey, in the previous uh, segment. He seems to figure that the Lions season is a net positive, which I agree with. Totally. I mean, just winning the division is a net positive. Yeah. I, I I had them doing that. I had them getting to the playoffs, and I had them winning one game. Um, NFC Championship? No, I did not. So good for them. The future's looking bright for Dan Campbell, Jared Goff, and Lions fans. I know. My boy Ryan Gosling, he's finally making his comeback. Ah, Jared Goff. Yes. Coming full circle. He, uh, he looked pretty good yesterday. He did, honestly. And uh, I don't think you could really slight on any of the Lions play except for maybe CJ. Um, oh, I mean, the defense as a whole, like starting the second half, they kind of just like let the Niners do whatever the hell they wanted to. But beyond that, like you scored 30 points against the Niners. Like it's usually that wins football games. The Ravens couldn't even do that. Right. You yeah. know, and uh, I think the Lions front seven played phenomenal. Sure. Um, Christian McCaffrey was, you know, always going to be Christian McCaffrey, but they kind of contained him a bit. Yeah, uh, everyone was pretty much contained. I mean, except for that one freak Brandon Ayuk play. And, you know, we'll, we'll break down the game a lot more throughout the program, but except for that one freak play, there wasn't like anything like, oh man, screwed up a screwed up a coverage, like let a guy fly over the top. Like they dinked and dunked and took what the Lions gave them and ate up yardage and kept attacking the middle, kept running over uh, the tackles and kind of did whatever they wanted to there for a little while. Yeah, and they made Brock Purdy look like Mr. Irrelevant in that first half, and then he came out playing like he was Tom Brady. Dude, that second half <laughs> by Brock Purdy was epic, dude. Crazy. Was it uh, like 150, 150 plus yards passing, more than 45 yards rushing? Over 80% of completions, 10 yards per rush, over 10 yards per pass. That's no no quarterback in the history of the NFL has done that uh, in a playoff game. Yeah, I mean, I think Brock Purdy took the powers away from Lamar Jackson with his running. That was wild. They got So they got uh, Christian McCaffrey, obviously insanely melanin deficient. And now they got albino Lamar Jackson on their team. The Niners are looking dangerous. Very. Um, I think, and they got my boy Nick Bosa on on the line. And uh, the Lions uh, played a hell of a game. I mean, it was lights out. I thought it was over. Like, I almost turned the TV off. But, you know, as a fan of the game, it's not over till it's over. Oh, for sure. I, uh, you know, on Sunday, I I do some chores. So I, I was choring, and I just put the TV on mute, put on some music, and kind of like was watching the game half-acidaisical a little bit. And then like it, right after halftime, I was like, oh, ooh, quick score. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was. You 
bang, bang. I was cooking food yeah. and had it on in the background. We were sure. doing, you know, crawdaddies and steak. And uh, I had to delay my cooking because of how intense this game got. Yeah. The second half, uh, at first you had my curiosity, and now you have my attention. If I do the crib. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, was a, it ended up being an epic game. Like, I mean, the, the address the elephant in the room is Dan Campbell in fourth down. He loves it, and I, I respect it, honestly. I think, you know, going for it on fourth down is honestly almost more successful than going for a 50-yard field goal. Especially in the case of the Lions. Like, I mean, it's easy to chastise Dan Campbell when you got people like Brandon Staley out there who is just an epic fourth-down choker. But the Lions have been elite on fourth and short all year. And as long as they have Dan Campbell at the helm, the Lions are not going away for a while. Lions in fourth and three. I'm going to get my dork on right now. I love Lions it. in fourth and three or shorter in the regular season. Okay. Fourth and three. That's, you know, what they went for and didn't get it. Or shorter. They were 15 of 20. 75% for the whole season. Your team wishes they could be that good. You're, that's an obvious choice. We get this 75% of the time. We're going to go for it 100% of the time. Also, to tack on to Dan Campbell's decision-making, getting a little dorkier here, the kicker Badgley, 19, excuse me, 9 of 20, 45% on kicks 48 yards or longer. Going for it on fourth and three, 75% clip all year, kicking it 48 yards or more, Less than 50% clip. Less than 50% clip all year. It's an obvious choice. I agree. Couldn't have said it better. Sports lines are open with football fans. Friend of the show, Marty, on with us. What's the haps, my dude? Hey, guys. I disagree with the Dan Campbell take on this spot. Um you always want to play the playoffs a little different than when you played the regular season. Ask the Chiefs. I think they take a different approach. Um, it can't be. Maybe that's his learning learning experience is that you, it can't be. You have to make adjustments, right? So what you thought might have worked in the regular season doesn't always work in the playoffs. Ask Mike McCarthy. Um, again, you know, the NFL is weird in that the Lions may never get back here for a while. Now, you guys might disagree and say, well, no, you know, they've got Dan Campbell. I don't know. You never know. Nobody really knows. Packers are up and coming. They've sort of pretty much owned that division. Vikings aren't going to just sit there and not do anything. Um, Bears, Bears, Bears are going like to try to make a real push. With some yeah. draft picks. You know, this is your chance, man. You may never yep. get back, so you've got. To me, you just gotta you gotta get those points. You can't just you know because that that's obvious that that change and plus that's a momentum a backbreaker right. Didn't make it. Game flip. Niners are at home. They picked up old Mo and it just you know twenty seven what second half points. Obviously, that was a to me a, a a big part of the game and. Again, if you're Dan Campbell, you can't be that pig-headed and say, this is what we do. <laughs> no, you got to – great coaches adjust what they do. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as cliche as it is, but hindsight's twenty twenty in this situation. And like we're just saying, the kicker 
is not automatic. They didn't have Justin Tucker. They didn't have friggin' Al Del Greco. They have Michael Badgley, who was less than 50% of field goals, 48 yards or more. You can't just assume that you get the field goal. He's going to choke. He's going to get it blocked. Like all other, so many other things can happen. Like those two field goals that they could have, air quotes, could have had, those aren't automatic points. They're not. They're not. But you know what always gets a pass, in my opinion, is the defense, right? So, okay. All right. So what happened to your defense in the second half, right? So you you gave up 27 points in the second half. Yep. Never had a chance to kind of uh, chime in on the Cowboy game. Same thing, right? Yeah, you gave up 48 points. Offense gave you 32. If you had had a few stops, game might have, you know, kind of rested the last minute or so. But we sort of forget about the defense and defensive coordinators get a, a break. Coordinators in general get a pass because these are the guys that they're trying to hire throughout the league. But, right. yeah, so, I mean, all kinds of thoughts. A lot of could have, would have. But my only thing is, having watched the Cowboys since 1974 in the National Football League, it's not for long, my friend. So if you're a fan of the Lions, you think you'll be right back next year? Ah, just take it week to week. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, if, if you tell Lions fan the beginning of the year that they'd be the NFC Championship and lost to what I'm assuming will be the Super Bowl favorites as far as Vegas goes, uh, they'd be very happy with that. And if you told Detroit Lions fans that they could have the success of the Cowboys franchise where they win double digits every year, and win one or zero playoff games, but you're winning double digits every year and you get into the playoffs every year, Lions fan would love that kind of slightly above average, almost mediocrity. And compared to where the Lions were at two years ago, too. You sure. Know, like yeah, they, they're building. They are built up. But I, I agree with your take about the NFC North uh, there, Marty. Yeah, yep, yep. It's, uh, it's, it's going to be a tough division here going forward. So there's no guarantee. Yes, you, you know, you can't come back thinking we're going to run this back again and do the same thing. I don't know. I think, you know, that's maybe that's what's wrong with some of these teams, right? Eagles, look at they tried it. Didn't work. Um, I guess the only team that it's worked for is one team. And here's another thing. In my opinion, there's only one franchise quarterback, and that's Mahomes. The rest. Oh, I thought you were going to say Jordan Love. <laughs> no, and no. Uh, big, big question mark. Big question mark for all of <laughs> yeah. them, in my opinion. There's only one franchise quarterback. The rest, not even Burrow. You know, stay healthy, and then maybe I'll take that question mark off. But that's just my world, man. You guys have a good day. Hey, cheers! Great call as usual, Marty. Thanks for being a friend Ooh, of the show. Only one franchise quarterback. That's hot take. Uh, yeah, I think there's like seven, maybe. I'd say there's five. Yeah. Yeah. I thought Lamar Jackson was one this year. Boy, was I wrong. And we'll talk about that when we get back. You're listening to Two Men On, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. We got any Elmo updates? He's still alive. He's still still alive and kicking? Twitter has not ruined him yet. I'm worried about our dude Elmo today. The next Tickle Me Elmo is going to be, help me. (laughs) Hey, uh, by the way, people we are worried about, uh, Van and Jake, you weren't here on uh, Friday, but uh, Alyssa Milano started a GoFundMe to raise $10,000 for her son's baseball team. And Van, for friends of the show that are wondering if she hit the goal, she did. They got to 11000 Crushed it. Uh, 11000 Only 11000 And they were on every 
like Barstool. I mean, every media had this story covered, and they only got to a thousand. We eleven thousand. Sorry, we we donated five dollars and just put a link to our show. <laughs> I'm just glad that her son and their team is going to be able to go on vacation to Cooperstown now, and uh, yeah. So just want to give you that update. This is like the mom version of millionaires eating for free at restaurants. Totally. <laughs> it's just oh. like. Like, oh my god, I can't believe I got into this three star Michelin restaurant. Oh, oh my god, you comped the tag. Oh my god, how sweet. And then other people like set reservations six months out and like have to save up for it and make it like a life event. And then you just buy the person who can afford it dinner. Like, make the rich person pay for their dinner and then pay it forward to someone who wouldn't be there otherwise. Yeah, somebody that's been waiting to go to this restaurant for two years. Yeah. And then they go up and they're like, we have a reservation. They're like, sorry, you have to wait another 30 minutes. Someone just walked in who has more money. Yeah, uh, There's some elementary school teacher who watched Ratatouille with her kids one time and is like, oh, I want to go to a nice Michelin star restaurant. And then they save up all year for the $1,000 tab it's going to be or something. Something absorbent that's just insane. Give the free meal to the elementary school teacher. Make Alyssa Milano pay. Alyssa Milano should be paying for dinner. It's ridiculous. Every time. Alyssa Milano should be paying for her kids' travel fees for their baseball tournament. If you can't afford, if you have to beg for money, to if you're, a, okay, look, their household has $25 million, all right? Alyssa Milano and her husband, who is Mr. Milano, I don't care. Alyssa and Mr. Milano, not the cookies, the actress, has $25 million. Ten grand is absolutely nothing. If you can't, if you're not willing to cut a 10K check for your kid's baseball team to fly across the country and play in a tournament and then go to Cooperstown, stay there. I stay, th- just play in the Beverly Hills League or wherever you are. I think they taught those kids a valuable lesson in crowdsourcing. Okay, well, yeah. That's, it's mean- a good lesson for the children to learn that you know, if you don't have the money, well, they did. But if, you know, you can always find a way. Alyssa Milano's husband is one of the top agents in entertainment. Like, Bradley Cooper's his biggest client. You're telling me out of all your circles, you couldn't get just ten grand. That yeah. was well, 11 grand in, like, months. They obviously did not contact the client list. Yeah, because everyone like me, every reasonable person is like, I will donate to somebody here in my community. Why would I give Alyssa Milano money for her kids to go play baseball? It's probably embezzlement. You think so? Hey, you never know. Just open a tattoo shop, Alyssa Milano. You don't have to do it through your kid's baseball team. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I, I just, the, the sheer audacity of somebody with that much money asking for that little of amount of money. When there are so many kids who actually need it, like send the send the kids from Compton to Washington D.C. to play in a baseball tournament. Go Don't send the kids from it. Beverly Hills. <laughs> and you know it's not just Alyssa Milano's kid. No, if they if they live in the same zip as all these other kids, there's got to at least be one oil tycoon there. Yeah. There's got to be you know big tobacco. Sure, um, the money's there. The money's there. Pay for it yourselves. They should have sold chocolate bars trying to get to Cooperstown. That's what, that's what I used to do when I was a kid on when I played uh, youth sports. 
Yeah, car wash. Car wash. Bake which, sale. Which she did say in the little bio for the GoFundMe that they do events like that. Movie nights, car wash, selling whatever. But I guess it wasn't enough. We, a friend of the show, I-9 Sports, who's coming with us to the Super Bowl. Oh, round of applause. Thank you very much. Uh, coming with us to the Super Bowl for the first time. It's going to be awesome. Uh, they have a nonprofit wing where they serve kids who wouldn't have a chance otherwise. They don't have, they don't work their butts off to serve the Albuquerque community so they can give away services to kids that can afford it. (laughs) You don't, like the kids that go to Albuquerque Academy or whatever private prep school or something, like you don't need a bake sale. Have dad cut a check, yo. Like the kids from the South Valley, those are the ones who need to go fund me. Those are the ones I'll contribute uh, to. Sell the it kid, as a tax write-off. Yeah, the kids who couldn't do it otherwise, that's who deserves it, not the ones who can afford it already. Just because you like Charmed. Maybe Beverly Hills is going downhill and we just watched, don't realize it. I've never watched Charmed. The economy's never been better. <laughs> it's literally never been better. <laughs> Government and private. Everyone's doing fantastic. I know anecdotal evidence, your uncle or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Everything's fine. Just not in Elmo's uh, Twitter replies. No. <laughs> Take it easy on Elmo, they y'all. They should donate the money to whoever's replying to that tweet. <laughs> All right. It's, we did Elmo and Alyssa Milano instead of Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Well, we do need to talk about Lamar. <laughs> when we get you. back, NFL talk all day and Elmo. Two men on 95.9 FM AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back, Duke City. Almost five o'clock, almost quitting time, boys. Almost drinking time. And ladies, and ladies. And everyone else. In between. A little bit of both. Check all the boxes. Do what you want. Last last time I checked, this here's America. You can do it and say however you want. Two men on, 95.9 FM, AM6 in the sports animal. Um, is Lamar Jackson just Joel Embiid in a purple jersey? Ooh, I think Joel Embiid's better in the regular season. <laughs> uh, well, let me tell you, every season that Lamar Jackson played the whole season, he's been the MVP of the league. He's been healthy and played all games twice, and he's been the MVP both times. Again, this is a regular season award. So to me, is Lamar Jackson Joel Embiid? Is Lamar Jackson James Harden? Lamar Jackson Russell Westbrook? Yeah. Lamar, okay, so as a certified Chiefs fan, or Chiefs hater, not fan, (laughs) uh, I was actually rooting for the Chiefs in this game because I have a lot of beef with the Baltimore Ravens. Okay. And so you're making this personal. It was very personal for me. Okay. And it's the only time I would ever root for the Chiefs in my entire life. I cannot wait to watch them potentially lose the Super Bowl. Uh, Lamar's a fraud, hands down. He looked so bad. That legendary, his, uh. literally historic defense of the Baltimore Ravens held Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City offense to 17 points. Lamar Jackson could not muster 18 points in 60 minutes. Ridiculous. That is pathetic. 
the Zay Flowers touchdown, not touchdown when he fumbled, and yeah. the interception were just unacceptable. Lamar has the weapons now. He has this team is elite on both sides of the ball. This was I was so you know when your parents are I'm not like mad, I'm disappointed. That's, uh. like, the, that's like the worst thing you want to hear. Uh, I'm I'm not hating on the Chiefs because like shout out to them too because their defense did a great job too. The Baltimore Ravens run all over everybody and they could not do it yesterday against the Chiefs. They even attempt to have a running game. But here's my problem, Jake. You're a Buffalo Bills fan. Baltimore Ravens. This was your year. You had Patrick Mahomes on the road. You had home field advantage and uh-huh. you couldn't do it. Y'all choked. And that's what drives me crazy. I was like, this was your window. This was your opportunity. With the weakest offense he's ever had, too. And it's terrible. That's what makes me so mad. And not just because of my sports bets, either. But the Chiefs' uh, defense played pretty good, too. No, they played really good. Yeah, Chris Jones was putting his life out on the line. But the, but, but the Ravens choked. Like, that was terrible. It was an epic choke. Well, not, because- just, not just from Lamar Jackson. From John Harbaugh. The whole coaching staff. It was... Pathetic what they did. They went against what worked for them all year. Slam the ball up the middle. Slam the ball on the other side of the guards. Slam the ball over the tackle. Once they bring people in, bounce the ball outside. Rush it down their throat all game. They had six carries. The best rushing team in the league had six carries. I only saw two designed runs for Lamar Jackson. And they did Horrible. The most electric weapon in the NFL. The only person in the NFL who's like a legit cheat code, and he didn't use him. Once on a fourth down that he popped a 20-yarder, and then once for no gain. Two design runs all game. I blame it on Odell, too. When they finally used him, he got a couple catches. Yeah. They didn't didn't bring him in until the fourth quarter when it was too late. They were trying to get... Uh, Lamar Jackson to his 6,000 passing uh, yards mark that he claimed he was going to get in one game. And he was only like, what, 3,000 yards short? I mean, I I understand. Good coaches, they got to pivot. They got to go off of what works every once in a while. But hear me out, John Harbaugh. Why don't you start with what works? They just let Lamar Jackson just drop back and pass after pass after pass, scramble around, run for his life, throw the ball out of bounds, throw the ball at somebody's feet, unless it's a wide-open design pass to somebody. He was just, it was a a wish and a prayer. It was embarrassing, like, watching the Ravens' elite offense all year. And and the Chiefs hardly did anything in the second half either. They barely had any yards going into the fourth. They had, like, I think combined, like, 60 yards. The Ravens' defense stepped up. The Ravens' defense did everything they were supposed to do. You kept Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and the rest of the Chiefs offense to 17 points. Yeah, it it was not pretty. Zay Flowers had a good game, though, other than, you know, that one non-touchdown. But Lamar throwing into triple coverage cemented it for me. He will never he will never win a Super Bowl. He he threw in the triple coverage. I mean, that was the 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 obviously disgusting one Threw in the double coverage a lot. They just just crossed his fingers and threw the ball as hard as he could at somebody. Luckily, he throws the ball so damn hard. Some some of those other interceptions that should have took were dropped. 
Lucky for him. Yeah, he got lucky because what they had three turnovers total that game. Yeah. It could have easily been six. Yeah, could have been. Yeah, he could have had three more interceptions for sure. I don't know if the moment was too big or like the game plan. The game plan was awful. Lamar Jackson choked. All right, I'm I'm just gonna say that over and over again. That's fine. Of course, we watched. We all watched it in real time. He was not Lamar Jackson, but I think. He got put in a hole. He was asked to do something that he didn't do all year. Yeah, and they got hit with so many unnecessary roughness penalty calls. And, like, what, it was nine penalties against the, the Chiefs three? Yeah. It was, it, it, there was definitely a little uh, referee bias in this game, too, I think. Well, I mean, I get it. And, of course, we're going to harp on this. But, you know, Taylor Swift in the NFL – the NFL wants the Chiefs. Yeah, because that's an extra like uh, $150 million easily yeah. for them. It's yeah. going to be the most viewed Super Bowl ever. It will. It will break every number. I mean, not only because of the Taylor Swift effect, not only because Patrick Mahomes puts butts in the seats, but this is a rematch of a Super Bowl four years ago. We already had one of these. It was really good. It was a really good Super Bowl. We get to have another one. This time, though, we have the better quarterback for the Niners. Bye-bye, Jimmy G. I love you, my Italian stallion. But Brock Purdy's going to get the job done this well, time. And everyone's going to hate the Chiefs because everyone hates greatness. And they're what we grew up with, the New England Patriots. This is like the new not Tom Brady and sure. New England Patriots. And most of us are just going to get so tired of it because they're going to – they always figure it out. They are great. And it is very annoying to some of us. And I really hope these dynasty talks go away if they lose the well, Super Bowl. Well, and Taylor, to remove Taylor Swift, they were still going to do that this year. It's just, that's who, it's their era right now. It's huh, not. Nice. <laughs> well done. They're already a dynasty. There isn't, there is no, if they win one more, there's no, they got to do it for a few more years. It already is. They got two. All right, 505-246-0610. Hit us up on the Sports Animal Hotline. Uh, JD, some hot Ravens takes. What's the haps, my friend? So, hey, guys. So I've picked the Ravens the past three years to win the AFC. And they have let it down every time. And <clears throat> I sort of wanted to blame it on injuries to, to tailbacks. Sure. Edwards was serviceable, but I thought that that really, really hurt them. Um, but they are becoming that inexplicable Embiid, I guess, is what you were saying earlier. Yeah. That made a lot of sense, right? You're so dominant in the regular season. How can you – and think about the games that they lost. I think early on this year, they had a huge lead. Maybe it was against Cleveland? I can't remember. Yeah. And they blew it. There were a couple of games they had big leads, and they blew them. Miami might have been the other one. And so they could have been – they even had a better record. They could have been 14 and – Three, fifteen, yeah. and two, something like that. And I think they didn't run Lamar in this in this past game because I think that they thought if he gets hurt, we're done. I think we can beat him without having to do that. I think that they made a decision not to do that because they were afraid he would get hurt. Yeah. Um, they, I, I agree with you there. Like they did not run the ball. Lamar Jackson only had two design rushes, and then the running backs only had six carries. The best rushing attack in the league with your three-headed monster. You got De Dalvin Cook is third on the depth chart. He didn't even see a, a snap. Didn't even get into the game. They should have pounded the ball down their throat all game. The Chiefs gave up 186 yards rushing last week. 
That's all the evidence you need that you just pound it down their throat and then do play action over the top. It's a recipe for success that they've had all year, but they win against it. Yeah, and this is, you know, it kind of leads to the, to the issue with the Detroit Lions, and I don't understand the situational decisions that these people make. And I, I text my friend all the time, and I'm like, these people make millions of dollars to make these decisions. You can make these decisions for half that amount. <laughs> sure. he, was, he was a semi-professional football player, right? He knows the game. And it's like, why would you not go up 27-7 to 7 in the NFC Championship game on that first field goal? I think it was at the 9. Yeah. Fourth and two at the 9. I, I, I don't care if the guy drops the ball wide open. I don't care. You take you go up 27-7, to 7, that's three. They've got to get three touchdowns to get ahead of you. Three possessions. How many possessions were left in the game at that point? Now, granted, San Francisco did score on a lot of them, but... It's one of those things where, yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty. but if you go up 27-7, to 7, that changes the narrative for the rest of the game. There's so much pressure then on San Francisco to be perfect every time out. You're, you're so right, man. Um, you know, I, I lean Dan Campbell in these situations. They've showed all year that they're really successful on fourth and short. But those two field goals, that's the difference of them it's going to the late. Super Bowl. Yeah, week seven game is a lot different than NFC Championship game going to the Super Bowl. Big difference. Big difference. JD, we're up against it, so we got to go to the break, my friend. So thanks for the call. Thanks for being a friend of the show. We got to go to commercial, man. If we don't, we can't pay A. Marie. You callers are doing great today. I know. I love the callers. Good callers, man. Good job. More NFL talk when we get back. Two men on 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal.